Welcome to Hidden Headlines, Faith, Family, Freedom. In this special edition, you're about to discover the unvarnished, verified truth regarding Planned Parenthood. I dare anyone to challenge me on the accuracy of what I'm about to share as I've been collecting the bulk of the following information for decades. I'm Brian Sussman. Thanks for joining me. This is going to be a very special podcast. I don't think there is a podcast out there where someone is going to go into the detail of the foundations of Planned Planned Parenthood like I am in this podcast. I'm also going to talk about, of course, the founder of Planned Parenthood. Margaret Sanger. To say she's a piece of work is an understatement. She was an evil person. I will prove that. Please just listen along. If you're going to be taking notes, I think you'll find your notes to be uh, very, very complete. Because again, we're going to go deep on this one, like I'm not sure anyone has via podcast. By the way, I do want to start this out by saying, if you have had an abortion, it's very important for me to state that there is a God in heaven who will forgive you of that. In the New Testament, the book of 1 John, chapter 1, verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. There is a God who can and will forgive you for that. There's a story in the news that caused me to want to go down this road, and that has to do with the Missouri Health Department denying the St. Louis Planned Parenthood's application for a permit to perform abortions. So now you've got an independent state agency receiving petitions from the public to decide whether Missouri will become the first state in more than 40 years without access to abortion. To me, this is incredible. Call me a man of little faith. I just never thought in my lifetime it would come to this point where abortion is finally in the crosshairs and specifically Planned Parenthood is in the crosshairs. So again, this is, this is a special time in our nation's history. Keep in mind, abortion didn't become legal until 1973. Prior to that, certain states had different laws regarding abortion and the allowance of abortion, but it was in 1973 whereby it became the federal law. And now, isn't it interesting, in Washington, D.C., we have Donald Trump. If you look at Donald Trump's past as a businessman in New York, he was certainly not pro-life. But when running for president, he ran on a pro-life platform. There were a lot of folks who scratched their head and, like me, and wondered, okay, Can we believe him? Well, as president, he has stood boldly on the foundation of life. And of course, there are members of Congress who are Republicans who are also pro-lifers who wish to deny or reduce Planned Parenthood's federal funding. Because in the last eight years, Planned Parenthood, just the last eight years alone, Planned Parenthood has received almost $4 billion in federal funds. Now, Planned Parenthood will tell you that they're a women's health clinic. Sure, they provide a few services for women having to do with their overall health, but not very many. Most of what they do, in terms of their overall mission statement, is to perform abortions. Is to perform abortions. Let's just consider some of the facts, and then I'm going to go deep on this. Planned Parenthood is the nation's largest abortion 
You could call them a provider. I call them a seller because they get paid for these abortions. With almost one in three U.S. abortions committed in its facilities. More than one in seven Planned Parenthood clients have abortions. The number of Planned Parenthood abortions has increased more than 40% since 2002. That's during a, a period of time when abortions nationally dropped. Some more stats. A pregnant woman going to Planned Parenthood is more than 25 times more likely to abort than receive an adoption referral or prenatal care. I'm going to repeat that. They can say that they're a women's health clinic. Oh, we like to provide all sorts of wonderful options for women's, women. Oh, really? Again, a pregnant woman going into Planned Parenthood is more than 25 times more likely to abort than receive adoption referral or prenatal care. For every one adoption referral that has been made at Planned Parenthood, are you ready for this? Planned Parenthood performs 113 abortions. The number of abortions increased while Planned Parenthood's prenatal services dropped by almost half. So in other words, Planned Parenthood is an abortuary. That's what they do. And I know this sounds creepy, but they do it very, very well. Here's where we are. In terms of Planned Parenthood, fearing that they're going to be losing federal funding, in terms of Planned Parenthood, fearing that public's, the public mindset is moving away from them. There's actually a GoFund, well, GoFundMe. I was going to say a GoFundMe account, but the organization GoFundMe, it's one of the largest crowdfunding platforms, is literally corporately right now seeking funds to donate to Planned Parenthood. They sent out an email to people who have donated to GoFundMe. So maybe you received one of these emails. You could, have, you could have used, donated to GoFundMe for a lot of different causes. You may have received this email. The email was sent to all sorts of people requesting they help fight back against pro-life laws by giving to Planned Parenthood and other abortion organizations. I mean, this is shocking. They're allowing their site to be used not just to raise money for a lot of really great causes, but this is a campaign that they've created themselves to fund Planned Parenthood. I'm reading the email. Join the ACLU, Planned Parenthood, and the National Network of Abortion Funds in the fight to protect reproductive rights. Your support for the hashtag Fight Back campaign will help fund legal battles in court, provide critical services across the country, and encourage le legislative bodies to take steps to protect reproductive rights, all with a single donation. So that's what's going on in the world of crowdfunding. That's what's taking place on social media. Can I tell you something? Planned Parenthood right now is scared. For the first time since 1973, they are scared. I want to talk to you about the founder of Planned Parenthood. Everything I'm saying here, again, is verifiable. Most of what I'm about to tell you is shocking. Some of you know these facts, but I'm guessing the lion's share of you do not. Again, I've been collecting this data for many, many years. It's all in hard copies that I found in various files that I have in my man cave. This particular, I'm going to read specifically portions of a newsletter that I received in May 1981 
from an organization called Intercessors for America. This is about the monstrosity of Planned Parenthood. Gary Burgle is the author. Again, I'm, I'm cutting this down for the sake of time for this podcast and getting to what I believe are the most shocking, head-turning, important elements of this brilliant uh, article. Let's talk about Margaret Sanger. Margaret Sanger is the founder of Planned Parenthood. Every year they have a Margaret Sanger Award. Oh my gosh. Margaret Sanger was born of Irish immigrant parents in the state of New York. For whatever reason, she changed the year of her birth from 1879 to 1883. So we're going way back. She was one of 11 children. She inherited what people described as a spirit of free thinking from her father, who, by the way, restricted her mother from attending church services. He also dabbled in phrenology, which is an offshoot in eugenics. And we'll talk about eugenics in no uncertain details in just a moment, which maintains that, for example, the shape of a person's skull indicates intelligence or character. This is the household in which Margaret Sanger grew up. This was her father instilling these beliefs in her. She had a trial marriage at the age of 18. Oh, the sexcapades this woman was involved in. She had a trial marriage at the age of 18. Now think about this. She's born in 1879, and she's involved in some pretty wild behavior, even in this day and age, back then. So again, she enters a trial marriage. That ends. She marries William Sanger in 1902. She engages in extramarital sexual relationships and even suggested to the horror of her husband that he do the same. They moved to New York's Greenwich Village, and there Margaret quickly joined with assorted visionaries and intellectuals in a club called The Rebellion. The Rebellion. She attended another club called The Liberal Club which was also named Mabel Dodge's Salon. And she listened to socialists, socialist leaders at the time. For example, Eugene Debs. You can look that name up for yourself, Eugene Debs. She joined the socialist local number five and worked as a woman's organizer in New York. Margaret Sanger, she had some crazy and quite frankly enduring ideas about womanhood, marriage, family, world order. These were all being formulated at a very young age. She was heavily influenced by the writings of a Swedish feminist, Ellen Key, who authored The Women, the, uh, the Woman's Movement, which was published in 1912, and presented Nietzsche's system of subjective morality, which, by the way, has grown into today's situational ethics. Certainly you've heard of situational ethics, right? I mean, that's, that's taught in schools today like it's gospel. Situational ethics is also taught in Planned Parenthood's publications. Um, values clarification is something that she was getting into way back in the day. Values clarification is also something that is a part of Planned Parenthood's curriculum. Yes, sex education, values clarification, situational ethics. Oh, those religious Christians, they're so rigid with their morality. We need to be, well, we need to clarify things. Different situations, 
can have different different outcomes. This is all what Margaret Sanger was learning about, developing, formulating back in the day before there was ever uh, a, a Planned Parenthood. In 1914, she was getting into sexual self-centered sexual gratification. She pronounced the marriage bed to be the most degenerating influence in the social order, and she advocated a voluntary association between sexual partners, kind of like, if it feels good, do it. She began publishing a, a newspaper entitled The Woman Rebel, which listed her own credo of women's rights. The credo was to live, to love, to be lazy, to be an unmarried mother, to create, to destroy. That was the credo. To live, to love, to be lazy, to be an unmarried mother, to create, to destroy. I'll talk more about destroy in just a moment. A trip to England in the fall of 1914 brought Sanger into contact with a group of thinkers and lovers who were to cement the course of her life and her career. One of those was Dr. Havelock Ellis. Dr. Havelock Ellis, famous author at the time, a sexologist, introduced her to his highly developed eugenical solutions to social problems. You see, Havelock Ellis was an interesting guy besides being into eugenics, which we'll talk about. He was also a user of the hallucinogenic drug mescaline. He believed in an impersonal pantheistic deity. He taught that all sexual behavior was normal. And all sexual behavior did not result in physical harm. This was a mentor to Margaret Sanger. Ellis and Sanger themselves entered into bizarre sexual exploits. You can look this up for yourself. I don't want to get into this for the sake of this podcast, but it's called Carezza Intercourse, K-A-R-E-Z-Z-A. That's what they were into. Look it up for yourself. It's beyond kinky. These two were lovers for over 30 years. Ellis also introduced Sanger to H.G. Wells, the Hollywood guy, the movie maker, the filmmaker, and into a group known as the Wantley Circle, which occupied a 400-year-old house in Wantley, Sussex. Sanger called this place a house of saints and lovers. Margaret Sanger published and distributed her family limitation pamphlet, which held forth her belief that abortion is justifiable. That's when she really started to branch out and get radical. Abortion justifiable. It was Ellis who cautioned Margaret to change her public stance on abortion and not continue to give outcries about a woman's right to destroy. Remember, that was her cry. The cry was to live, to love, to be lazy, to be an unmarried mother, to create and destroy. So Ellis told her, you got to do something about that destroy part. So she changed it and Planned Parenthood has been running with it ever since. It's called not the right to destroy, the right to choose. The right to choose. Friends, when you hear them say the right to choose, you need to realize that the original phrase was the right to destroy. In 1920, Margaret Sanger published Women and the New Race, 
which was the cry of a feminist and promoted a woman's new role in the world. It maintained that women held the power to reproduce the race and therefore had the biological power to control the race, both in numbers and in quality. Birth control, backed up by abortion, would free women from biological slavery, as Margaret Sanger used to call it. This was Sanger's motivating vision, and her book became the Bible of the Planned Parenthood movement. Again, the book, Women and the New Race. In 1921, Margaret married J. Noah H. Slee. He had amassed a fortune in his three-in-one oil company, still around to this day. She wrote to one of her lovers that marrying him would ensure the financial success of my cause. At age 47, so she married this guy for his money because he had the money to fund what was going to become the movement today known as Planned Parenthood, three-in-one oil. At the age of 47, Sanger was the absolute ruler and had the finances to promote a movement that was made up, by the way, of primarily white upper-middle-class, native-born Protestant Americans. And she began to promote her program of what she referred to as a peaceful genocide. Eugenics, my friend. Margaret Sanger's Birth Control Review, this was a publication that she put out on a regular basis, monthly, in November of 1921, carries a byline that reads, Birth Control to Create a Race of Thoroughbreds. Margaret Sanger began a clinic in the Brownsville section of New York City in 1916. By the way, this was the very area which had many Slavic, uh, Latin, and Hebrew immigrants, which she branded in one publication in 1922 as being like human weeds whose indiscriminate fertility bring a dead weight of human waste. In the 1920s, Sanger and others began to use results from the Stanford Binet IQ tests to classify the average U.S. soldier as near, uh, as near being a moron, and to classify blacks and Southern Europeans and Jews and other immigrants as mentally inferior to native-born white Americans. This is Margaret Sanger. This is the founder of Planned Parenthood. They give out an award every year in her name. What I'm sharing with you is the absolute truth. She declared blacks and the Southern Europeans and the Jews as a menace to the race. And by 1932 had outlined a plan for peace to eliminate them. The plan included closing the doors to immigration to certain aliens and the establishment of sterilization and or segregation of dysgenic groups, namely people considered to have bad genes. The blacks, the Latins, the Slavs, the Jews, the immigrants from Southern Europe. Bad genes. In April 1933, her magazine Birth Control Review was devoted entirely to eugenic sterilization with an article entitled Eugenic Sterilization, an Urgent Need. It was written by a leader of Hitler's Reich. This is 1933. Professor 
Dr. Ernst Rudin wrote this for Margaret Sanger. Chilling. Though Planned Parenthood officials adamantly deny that there is any taint of racial genocide to their efforts, it must be plainly pointed out, my friends, that there is an ongoing disproportionate abortion rate and fertility rate among the poor, many of whom are black and Hispanic. This is the truth. And this is what Planned Parenthood does. They abort people of color more than they abort white babies. And they always have, beginning back in the day. Again, abortion was made legal in 1973 across the United States. In 1975, are you ready for this? A staggering 1.3% of the entire black population in America was aborted. I'm going to repeat that. In 1975, 1.3% of the entire black population in America, some 300,000, were aborted. It's hard to continue. But I've got more. In a letter dated October 19, 1939, Margaret Sanger predicted that, quote, the most successful educational approach to the Negro is through a religious appeal. We do not want word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. And the minister is the man who can straighten out that idea if it ever occurs to any of their more rebellious members. Her planning, which includes being careful to make it appear that hand-picked blacks are actually in control, is followed with success even to this day. When I see so many leaders in various states and at the national level who are black with Planned Parenthood, I'm thinking, these people are being used as pawns. It really and truly is unbelievable. It's frightening, my friend. It's frightening. That's the truth about Margaret Sanger. That's the truth about Planned Parenthood. You know, Sanger's eugenics creed is clearly stated in her speech from 1932. It's entitled, My Way to Peace. The centerpiece of the program is is a vigorous state use of compulsory sterilization and segregation. That's what she talks about in her speech. That's, that's the centerpiece. Compulsory sterilization and segregation. And the first class of persons targeted for sterilization, in her speech, is made up of people with mental or physical disabilities. Quote, The first step would be to control the intake and output on morons, mental defectives, epileptics, then there's a much larger class of undesirables who would be forced to choose either sterilization or placement in state work camps. The second step, she says, would be to take an inventory of the second group, such as illiterates, paupers, unemployables, criminals, prostitutes, dope fiends, and classify them in special departments under government medical protection and segregate them on farms and open spaces. Those segregated in these camps could return to mainstream society if they underwent sterilization and then demonstrated good behavior. This is 1932. 
At that time, she estimated there were 15 to 20 million Americans that would be targeted targeted in this regime of forced sterilization and concentration camps. And then there's Sanger's eugenics project, which carried its own racial preoccupation. So you've heard about the morons and the mental defectives and the epileptics, epileptics, etc. Oh, but race is also involved in this. In a letter dated December 10th, 1939 to Clarence Gamble, she explains that the nature of her organization's outreach to the African-American community can best be summed up like this. Quote, the most successful educational approach to the Negro is through religious appeal. We don't want to get the word out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. I just had to repeat that because it's so bizarre. It's a cult. Planned Parenthood is a cult. Margaret Sanger remains their hero. Despite everything I've just told you, she is heralded as some kind of champion. She was a sicko to say the least. And isn't it interesting and oddly deceptive? According to the Planned Parenthood glossary of sexual health terms, eugenics is, quote, a racist, classist, and ableist movement to control who should and shouldn't have children. Planned Parenthood actually has that in their glossary of sexual health terms. Racism, classism, ableism, all evil ideas. But isn't it interesting that their founder believed in all this? Planned Parenthood was originally founded by a major advocate of eugenics. It was first called the Birth Control League in 1921, but then they changed their they changed it to a Planned Parenthood. A little more catchy, right? Birth Control League, Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood. Yes, because all, 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 all babies need to be planned. And they still celebrate their founder, Margaret Sanger. They give out a Margaret Sanger Award every year. Now let's talk more about Planned Parenthood today. They masquerade as a health care provider. This is a scheme to reinvent themselves. It was developed years ago to mask the fact that they are the largest chain of abortion facilities in the United States. And by the way, there are thousands of federally qualified health centers which provide far superior health service to women than Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood. For example, let's just go through some of the services here that uh, many women's clinics provide for women. Let's talk about mammograms. How many does Planned Parenthood perform? I would think that a mammogram is, is, a, is a critical part of a woman's health. You, you want the mammogram because you do not want to get breast cancer. So in terms of your overall health care, mammograms should be right up there. How many did Planned Parenthood perform last year? Zero. How many the year before? Zero. How many of the year before? Zero. Because Planned Parenthood facilities do not have mammogram machines. How about breast exams? Oh, my goodness. Breast exams. Breast exams at Planned Parenthood declined by more than 65% in recent years. How about cancer screening? screenings? They're declining at Planned Parenthood as well. They plummeted 69% in recent years. Prenatal care. Planned Parenthood is deceptive about providing prenatal care. 
But I can tell you something in recent years, since 2010, prenatal care at Planned Parenthood has decreased by 70%. Planned Parenthood claims defunding their organization is going to hurt poor women. Yet Planned Parenthood's own officials rake in hefty six-digit salaries. In fact, if you look at the top 68 people at Planned Parenthood, the top 68 people nationally working for Planned Parenthood, they took home a record $18.1 million combined. Oh, we're all about the poor. Well, can I tell you something? There are some who are getting very rich working for Planned Parenthood. And Planned Parenthood, by the way, has been netting a profit for years. Their yearly surpluses range from $12 million in 2001 to a high of $155 million in 2010. These are all stats that are on the record. All stats that I'm receiving from a wonderful website entitled SaveTheStorks.com. SaveTheStorks.com. Shout out. Let me give you another fact. Emergencies at Planned Parenthood are on the rise. The pro-life watchdog group Operation Rescue has documented that a number of Planned Parenthood centers have had to call for emergency transports. In 2016, Operation Rescue documented 40 such incidents at Planned Parenthood abortion centers alone. And then you've got all this undercover video that's been shocking of late, including Project Veritas, etc. Undercover footage from the Center of Medical Progress caught Planned Parenthood haggling over prices for aborted baby parts. Planned Parenthood CEO actually admitted Planned Parenthood, quote, Planned Parenthood is proud of its limited role in supporting, in supporting fetal tissue research. O-M-G. Planned Parenthood has been caught failing to report sexual abuse. The organization has lost millions of dollars granted to it under the Title X Family Planning Program. Reports also find that there are victims of sex trafficking, sometimes taken to Planned Parenthood centers for forced abortions by their pimps. So when it comes to health care for women, Planned Parenthood is far from the worthy organization that it claims to be. And now they've got the new president, Leanna Wen. Leanna Wen. This is a woman who is so bold. She's, she's not pulling any punches. She's a doctor. She's a doctor. She's in charge of Planned Parenthood. And she surprised everyone. You know, she just became the new president this year. She surprised everyone by saying exactly what Planned Parenthood's real priority is. She said, quote, in a tweet, Our core mission is providing, protecting, and expanding access to abortion and reproductive health care. We will never back down from that fight. It's a fundamental human right, and women's lives are at stake. You know, it's interesting. Planned Parenthood meticulously scrubbed any reference of abortion from its public statements under their last president, Cecile Richards. But now you've got this president uh, who was just out there with it, bold. My gosh, this is this is why, my friends, now more than ever. We're seeing progress on this front like we've never seen before. And now more than ever, we need to pray for the defunding of this organization. They are the epitome of evil. They're evil incarnate, in my opinion. This new strategy by this new president of Planned Parenthood, 
Maybe it's her way of appealing to the new House majority led by Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi, who of course promised that her gavel as Speaker of the House would be a pro-choice gavel. No, let me use the words of Margaret Sanger instead. It's a pro-destroy gavel. I want to close now with something from the Jewish scriptures, the writings, otherwise known as, in this particular case, the Psalms. And I'm going to go to Psalm 139. This is a psalm that was written by King David. And it says, beginning with verse 13, You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And we know who you is. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. You saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them even came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. That's from Psalm 139. And this is Hidden Headlines. Hidden Headlines, special edition. Faith, family, freedom. If you want to comment, please just go to my website, briansussman.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Also via Facebook, Brian Sussman Show. Twitter, Brian underscore Sussman. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with a friend. And I'll have some show notes on this particular podcast on my blog at briansussman.com and give you some of the references whereby some of this information was called. A lot of it's just been rolling around in my brain for decades, but again... There are some places that hopefully I can direct you to where you can find this for your very self. Brian Sussman, Hidden Headlines, signing off.